morning. Welcome to Christ the Cornerstone. Let's stand and give Him praise. Are we alive today? Do you see what I see? Do you see what I see? You see what I see. 
alive because he's alive today. Shout praise to the Lord of Lords. Amen. Let's praise the Lord, brothers and sisters. As Pastor Bill said, let's give God some glory in the house today. Hallelujah. I think of the words of that song, and I say, that's us. Dead things coming back to life again. That's what Jesus did for us. Took us out of the darkness, the Bible says. And he brought us into his marvelous light. Where he is, there is always light. And that's why we need to stay with him as much as we can in his divine presence. Just as we're doing right now. Amen. Praise God. We're in the manifest presence of God. Jesus is in the house, brothers and sisters. I don't know about Elvis, but Jesus is here. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for the privilege and the honor. The magnificent honor to be in God's presence. Let us turn to our Bibles to Romans chapter 6. I will be reading from verse 9 to verse 12. Wonderful words here of life. Paul says, For we know that Christ, being raised from the dead, will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him. The death he died, he died to sin once and for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. So you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. I ask you today, do you do that? Do I do that? Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal bodies to make you obey their passions. I'm going to read one more verse. Do not yield your members to sin as instruments of wickedness, but yield yourselves to God as men and women who have been brought from death to life. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for your precious words. As Peter says, you alone have the words of life. And we're so grateful, so thankful that you left us with us. This love letter from heaven. Father God, we come to you in prayer right now. We have so much on our hearts, so much to ask you for. We ask for that you look into the hearts of every person here. The things that I cannot say, don't know, you know. Grant our prayers, dear God, as we humble ourselves before you. Dear Heavenly Father, our wonderful and mighty God, creator of the universe, you are so marvelous, and we love you. We honor you and praise you today. Help us, dear God, to, to clear our minds, to concentrate on you, and glorify you, not only in our thoughts, but in our words and in our deeds. Throughout this week and the rest of our lives even, Lord, let the words of our mouth and the meditations of our heart be acceptable in thy sight, not our sight, in thy sight, O God. For you alone are our strength, you alone are our redeemer, and for that we are so thankful. Lord, we ask that you bless this service. Let us feel your wonderful, amazing, manifest presence, dear God. We notice room is full of angels right now. Your word tells us that. We ask, sir God, that we honor you and reverence you just like they do. Reverence your word. We ask, Lord, that you continue to keep us safe throughout this week, 
from all danger, seen and unseen alike. Father, bless our many brothers and sisters around the world. So many are hurting. We've lost so many beautiful, wonderful people, especially the little babies down there in Texas. Cannot imagine what they're going through. Comfort them, dear God, as only you can. Father God, we need a Savior. This country, this world needs a touch from God. We humbly ask that you do that as only you can. We ask that you cover us with your feathers, as you say in Psalm 91, so that under your wings we can surely trust. May your truth be our shield and our buckler. We ask, dear God, that you will bless today's message, the messenger, and may we feel your Holy Ghost Spirit walking up and down throughout the aisles, giving each of us a touch in our lives just where we need it. We love you, Lord. We give you all the honor. We give you all the glory in the magnificent, mighty name of Jesus. And church, would you join me in saying amen and amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Hey, everyone. My name is Lynn. Welcome to CTC, and thanks for spending part of your weekend with us. We have a lot going on at our campuses, so we wanted to take a few minutes and let you know about some of those. Our Father's Day car show is on Sunday, June 19th from 8 a.m. to 1 p.m. at the Bear Campus. The day will include inflatables, food, and, of course, lots of cars. We will also be moving our 11 a.m. service outdoors. We still need people to staff the event to make it run smoothly and be a success. We need volunteers for parking, inflatables, hospitality, setup, and cleanup. You can sign up to serve or to register your car by visiting the events page on our website. Vacation Bible School is opening on Wednesday, June 22nd at 6 p.m. at the Bear Campus and Saturday, June 25th at 11 a.m. at the Ellesmere Campus, and we are busy making preparations. In the past, we have met for dinner before VBS and then began the evening. This year, we will gather in the sanctuary at the beginning of each event. After that, families will have the chance to break off into tribes for the evening to experience different aspects of Jesus' entry into Jerusalem. Each tribe will have dinner in the course of visiting the various stations. If you would like to volunteer or register your child, visit our website and go to the events page. Our Senior Center is sponsoring a trip to Sight and Sound Theaters in Lancaster to see David on Friday, July 29th at 3 p.m. Dinner at a local restaurant after the show is optional and transportation is available. Tickets are $39 for those up to 12 and $79 for those 13 and over. To reserve your spot, contact Marianne Strahorn at 302-836-6463 by June 15th. Thanks for being here today. Our prayer is that you leave feeling encouraged and closer to God. Please let us know if there's anything you need while you're here. You can find more information about all the events happening at our church by going to ctcde.church. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram to stay up to date. Have a great week.
morning, everyone. I love hearing that in unison. And good morning to those online. And welcome to our service today. Thank you for joining us on this cloudy day. Actually, I don't know if it's still cloudy because I've been back and forth. It's still cloudy? Yeah. Okay, thank you for joining us on this cloudy day. (laughs) And everyone at home is inside. So again, welcome. If you are new here, again, welcome. Before you leave, make sure once you leave, go out the sanctuary, go to the left, and you will see the Welcome Center where you will receive a free gift. And be greeted by someone from our pastoral staff. And again, it's a welcome center. So if you've traveled before, that's what it looks like. And what did you say last night, Pastor Roger? The bathroom's right there yeah, also. The bathroom's around the corner. And the bathroom's around the corner. So like an actual <laughs> welcome center. And for those of you online, you don't get to enjoy that. But if you are new, you can click the New Here button at the top or the bubble that just popped up in the chat. And hopefully now, your bathroom is just around the corner. Yes, hopefully. <laughs> And now for Connect Cards. So whether you are at your table or at a seat, there are Connect Cards, which we would love for you to fill out so we know that you are here today. And you can also write down a prayer request. And, of course, make sure you leave it in the basket on your way out. And, again, for those of you online, you can click the Connect Card button at the top or the bubble in the chat. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Great to see all of you here today online and here in the room. We're always glad that you've gathered together to sing praises and to lift up the name of our Lord Jesus Christ and to hear him. I'd like you to take take that little card that's on the table with you. In the envelope uh, is the card. It's the welcome card. It says welcome. Rebecca was just talking about the uh, connect card. I want us to, to, to do something this morning. This is here every week. This is our strategy. This is our plan for growing in faith. And I'd like you to look at this. Let's take it out. And I want us to read this together. Rebecca, you can read mine too. Starting with the word love. Let's read this together. It says, love. Love. Experience God's God's love love through faith faith in Jesus Christ. Christ. Serve. Use your talents, abilities, abilities, and resources to serve God and others. And engage. Interact with our neighbors so that they will also experience God's life-changing love through Jesus Christ. This is what we do. It's also how we do it. And so if you're wondering, okay, I'm a follower of Jesus, what am I supposed to do? These are three little words that give you a big picture. And if you're not doing these things, get get doing these things. This is what we do as well as how we do it. One of the things that we do to love God and to engage the world is by giving generously. And we've got some principles that we follow. So let's look at our principle today. Let's read this together. We give to God... All that he asks of us, not just a portion of it. Let's read this scripture. Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the best part of everything you produce. Then he will fill your barns with grain and your vats will overflow with good wine. And uh, we thank the Lord for his providence that he gives to us. We encourage one another to act on our faith, to ask God, How much do you want me to give? What do you want me to do with my time? What do you want me to do with this new car in service for you? Or how do you want me to serve you with this new job that I've gotten? God, whatever it might be, we want to ask God and then give all that God tells us to give. That takes a lot of faith to do that and sometimes a lot of courage to do that. But we want to encourage one another to do just that. I want to bring, uh, we've been talking about, you, you, if you want to go have a seat, you can do that. I want to bring Rob and uh, Bev Martin up here onto the platform. During this series called You Belong, we've been talking about the ways that we 
uh, belong to each other, and we've got to establish good relationships with each other. And we've been, we've been introducing you to several of the leaders of small groups that we have. And so Rob and Bev are part of a Sunday morning small group uh, that meets downstairs at 8 o'clock on Sunday morning. And uh, Rob, I was instructed not to ask any questions. Rob is the spokesman. And, uh, and so, Rob, the question is, just a couple of words about the group that meets on Sunday morning. Uh, who's there? Not necessarily names, but thank you. Uh, we meet um, every Sunday morning at 8 a.m. before the service. And typically we have uh, between 6 and 10 people attending the small group. Um, it's a, uh, we probably have three couples and four individuals that join us. And we are open to other people joining us. Very welcome to that. And if you have any interest in doing that, we have a few of our members here. Uh, and they can raise their hands if they would. <laughs> yeah, so you can see okay. who they are, but you can ask them. Hopefully we have been, uh, you see them. We've actually been meeting for quite a while. It started out as a five-week Bible study, and 20 years later, we're still meeting. Yeah. So, yeah. But the, the members have changed over the years, so if you'd like to join us, we'd love to have you. When I first started coming here uh, in 2017, your group was introduced to me as the Rebel Group. And, well, that's uh, true. And, they tried and, to have a police so, expert to take us out, but yeah. <laughs> didn't do that. But, but the reason brought, being is they, they did not want us to meet on Sunday mornings because they thought it was like Bible school. But it, we're not really doing a Bible school or, or a Sunday morning Bible school. We're basically doing our small group because a lot of us travel. If you're traveling during the week, you can't meet during the week. So right. this is a perfect right. time for us to meet and then come to the service afterwards. Right. We do use a Bible study, such as right, right now we're doing Ephesians. And we help that, uh, help, that helps us basically follow along and stay together on the, on the Bible study. So you guys studied the book of Ephesians before I started preaching on it. Yes. And uh, so you, you're evaluating all of my sermons to see if I'm getting we it right. We have discussions about yes, it. Yes, I'm, I'm sure you do. I'm sure you do. Well, thank you guys for, for leading uh, the, the Sunday morning group. And uh, again, it's one of the other groups that we've got that if you're not part of a small group, you want to... Just you need to spend time with some others, encouraging each other, asking your questions, listening to others. That's part of what it means to grow in our faith. So this is available to you. Thank you, guys. Let's continue to worship. Thank you. I invite you to stand with me as I offer this prayer as the team comes back to lead us in worship. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for all the things that you do in and for and around us. Thank you for this opportunity for us to sing praises to you, to think about who you are and what you've done, what you want to do in our world and what you have called us to do. Help us to listen to you this morning and to respond to you with faith. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Last week we uh, learned a brand new song about the consistency of who God is. He is always the same. We can always count on him. So we call on you today, God. I'm calling on the God of Jacob, whose love endures through generations. I know that you will keep your covenant. I'm calling on the
who we worship right now. The God of Moses, Mary, Jacob, David. How we need you. How we need you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Free us today, God. You freed the captain from your free hearts right now. You are the same God. You are the same God. You touch the same yesterday, today, and forever. If you ever healed blinded eyes before, He's the same. If you ever delivered anyone from anything, He's still the same. But we get it in our mind that we don't want to bother God with certain things in our lives Things are maybe too big or too small. But there is nothing that is without, that is outside of the scope of what He can do in our lives. And so today, over and over and over again in this song, God, I need you now. I'm not going to wait till after lunch. I'm not going to wait till the end of the service. I need you now. And if that's you today, as we continue to worship, I just want to invite you, if you want to go to a prayer station, if you want to come to the front and kneel and pray while we continue to worship, God is here now. And He's the same as He's always been. So whatever you're walking through, whether it's fire or flood, or the worst imaginable situation, or just something that's an inconvenience. God cares about that in your life. If you're worshiping online with us, and that's you, and that's the God, and God is speaking something to you, just write it out in the chat. I need prayer for this, or I just need prayer for a, a need that I don't want to share the specifics of at this point, but I need God right now. As we continue to worship today, I just want to invite you to 
if you're going to stay in that attitude of worship, that's great. The, the front is open to pray. I just want us to understand and know that God loves us and He's walking with us and He's here now. There's a grace when the heart is under fire. Another way when the walls are closing in. When I look at the space between where I used to be and this destiny, I know I will never be alone. Was another in the fire standing next to me? Was another in the Cross that bears the burden where another died for me. There's another in the fire. Still in 
Thank you, Lord Jesus, for standing with us in the water and the fire and being the same yesterday, today, and forever. You never change. Lord, your power is still as great as the power that we read about. In, in fact, Jesus, before he left the earth, he told his disciples, you would do even greater things than I did. In my name. He's given us his name and he sent us the Holy Spirit. And so, God, we thank you that we can count on you to stand with us, to walk with us, to go with us. You will not leave us. You don't walk ahead of us. You don't walk behind us. Right there next to us. And so, Lord, there is nothing in our lives that we could ever face that's outside of your scope, outside the scope of your knowledge, outside the scope of your power, outside the scope of your ability to deliver and set us free. So if you're like me and you forget, you have a short memory, short attention span, you forget the things that God has done. You come up on another crisis. You come up on another situation and you forget what he did before. 
be reminded today. We don't go through situations. We say this all the time. We don't go through situations just to go through a situation. We don't go through situations just for ourselves. But we also, God delivers us from things and he shows us himself and he shows us that pattern so that the next time we come to that intersection in our lives, we go, oh yeah, I know which way to turn because he's with me. So God, remind us of that today. Remind us who you are and remind us of who we are in you. And as April is coming to the platform today, uh, those of you that are uh, that have children that are going to kids' church when we're finished with this prayer and the bumper is playing, you, you, uh, your, your children can go to kids' church. We just want to pray a prayer of anointing over April and her team and over uh, pastors. He comes to bring the message. God, we thank you for your anointing and we thank you for your Holy Spirit that we sense in this room from the very beginning of today. And so, Lord, today we pray for our kids' ministry team. We pray that your anointing would rest on our teachers, on April and the rest of her team, and on our children as they receive from you. God, speak to their, uh, to their hearts and their lives and, and call them from a young age so that they might hear your voice and be able to recognize it. And, Lord, as Pastor comes to bring the message today, we pray that your spirit would guide him, that our hearts would be open to receive from you. So in the name of Jesus, we pray and everybody said, amen. God bless you. Life, it can be hard, but we were never meant to run this race alone. We were made for community, each one fulfilling their calling so that others can learn and become mature. Then, as Ephesians 4.14 tells us, we will no longer be blown about by every wind of teaching. Unity comes when we find, when you find, the place where you belong. And I want want you to do something for me, even if you're online. I want you to turn and look at somebody, and if you're if you're by yourself, and just look at me. And uh, so turn and look at somebody, and I want you to repeat this question after me, all right? Turn and look at somebody. I'm going to look at the camera and, and look at whoever's looking at me on the camera. Here's the question. Isn't it good repeat, to gather together in the name of our Lord? Now answer the question. Yes, it is. It is fabulous to be here And I'm so glad you all joined us. And you, God inhabits, God lives in, God makes his home in the praises of his people. And it is good to come into the house of the Lord, whether we're gathering in a, in a special building designed to be called the house of the Lord, or whether we're at our homes, your body, your person is the house of the Lord by your faith in Jesus Christ. I've been studying in order to get a driver's license that qualifies me to drive our 17-passenger bus, our 16-passenger plus the, plus the driver. And, and we, 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 we received the bus out of a grant, thank you God, 
for the grant that, uh, that, that gave us this beautiful bus that we've got. And we requested a 15-passenger van that did not require a CDL. But the Lord wanted us, the Lord had a different plan. He wanted us to be able to carry more people. He wanted us to be able to carry people in wheelchairs. He wanted us to be able to go places with the luggage in the same vehicle. And God wants us to do things with this van. So we need some more people who have CDLs. Right now we've got one. And we need so I've been studying to get my CDL because I want to be able when I when I when I want to take somebody someplace and I and I have a big group I want to be able to get them there, but I, don't, I can't be the only one. So if you're willing to to study this with me and and offer yourself in service to God through driving a bus, I invite you to do that with me. But I was reading this. I was reading through the manual. I read in the beginning of the the Delaware CDL manual this pep talk paragraph. It just kind of made me laugh. But let me read the paragraph to you. In the beginning of it, it says, congratulations. First, be safe. And then, be proud. You deserve it. Less than 5% of Delaware drivers are qualified to drive commercial vehicles. And you inherit a reputation as a guardian and protector of our country's highways. Woo! And you represent the better drivers of the state of Delaware wherever you travel. Congratulations. Welcome to this very select group. Man, am I privileged. But I'm not there yet. But I can't wait to get there. A little further down, I read this paragraph. Driving a motor vehicle is a privilege, comma, not a right. (laughs) Okay, we all need to hear that one. Our scripture today teaches us about one of the privileges of belonging to the family of God. Driving the bus, driving any vehicle... In any state in America is a privilege, not a right. What does that privilege mean? What does it entail? That's what we're going to look at this morning. So our our scripture today teaches about one of the privileges of being belonging to the family of God. And we begin, as we've done in this series, with this truth. You belong to God. You belong to God's family. You belong to us. We belong to one another. And you are not alone. You never were alone. And you never will be alone. Even when your deepest feeling is alone. You are not alone. There is a reality that is far beyond your own experience of loneliness. You are not alone. If you've ever ordered food from Chick-fil-A, and many of us have, you've heard the employees repeat a phrase throughout your visit. It's a phrase they did not create, but it has become uh, an indelible part of the culture at Chick-fil-A. 
And the phrase is said always in response to a customer's statement of gratitude or appreciation. For example, when a customer finishes ordering, paying, and after the food is prepared, the server hands the food to the customer, and the customer is likely to say, thank you. To which the employee responds, say it with me, my pleasure. We could rephrase those two little words to say, it is my privilege to serve you. How is it a privilege to serve them? Paul teaches us in Ephesians that serving the good news of Jesus is indeed a privilege. Let's read from the, from, from the Bible, uh, Ephesians, the book of Ephesians, reading cha- chapter 3, verses 6 through 12. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. We've got that in the, the, the Bibles here in the room. And I, uh, it's page 978, I think, perhaps, in these Bibles. I encourage you to, to open the Bible or follow along. And uh, i got a couple questions also that I'm going to ask. So I want you to take out that... See, I'm making it work this morning. You know, the, the word... The, the, the word liturgy, which is not a word that we use often here at Christ the Cornerstone because it's, it's, it's more of a traditional term and we certainly don't have a traditional style of worship, but the word liturgy is what people do in worship. And the word liturgy literally means and comes from the Greek to work or to serve. So worship When we come to worship, you are not being served. You come to worship in order to serve. You come here to serve the Lord. With your time, with your thoughts, with your prayers, with your praises, with your requests, with your problems. You come here to say, hey Jesus, take this. This is for you. You can handle it better than I can, so I serve it to you. Let's read Ephesians chapter 3, verses 6, beginning with verse 6. And this is God's plan. Both Gentiles and Jews who believe the good news share equally in the riches inherited by God's children. These words, you've already heard all these words. I read them in the in, in that congratulatory paragraph from the state of Delaware. Congratulations, you, by getting this license, you have inherited a reputation. And if that's worth having from the state of Delaware, how much more is it worth having a reputation from the family of God? I would much rather have this put, put this on my badge or on my license. I am a member of the family of God. Not just I have a CDL (laughs) with passenger endorsements. (laughs) Both Jews and Gentiles, and you need to remember I say this every time Paul says Jews and Gentiles, he means everybody. Because in Paul's worldview, there were only two kinds of people. You were either a Jew or you were somebody else. And if you weren't raised as a a child of of the Jewish faith, your ancestry came from Father Abraham If you weren't in that clan, you were everybody else, and you were a Gentile. And so when Paul says Jews and Gentiles, he means everybody in the entire world. Who believe in the the good news, we share equally in the riches inherited by God's children. We do not 
we are not alone. Both are part of the same body. Both enjoy the promises, the promise of blessings because they belong to Christ Jesus. By God's grace and His mighty power, I have been given, given the privilege of serving Him by spreading His good news. You ever watch a child spread peanut butter on a piece of bread? It's kind of sloppy, isn't it? Those of us with OCD, cringe. Oh, no, stay on the bread. Oh, you tore the bread. Oh, the the peanut butter is too hard. It just ripped the bread apart, you know. (laughs) Spreading the good news. And they put the jelly on. And that's just, it's slippery. And it just goes every place. And and it's all over the knife. And it's all over the spoon. It's all over the, the counter. It's all over the bottle. It's all over their face. We want to spread the good news of Jesus Christ like a child spreads jelly. That'll stick. (laughs) That was a nice pun. I didn't even know. Verse 8 says, Though I am the least deserving of all God's people. What does he mean by that? You remember who Paul was. Paul was the murderer of Christians. Paul was selected, the selected one of God's chosen people, people of Abraham. He was selected in order to put down this sect of people who believed Jesus is the Son of God. And Paul was the murderer of them. He was the, he, he was the godfather of the mafia searching out the Christians. And so when Paul says, I am the least deserving of all God's people, because he was the one murdering them, searching them, God graciously, graciously gave me the privilege of telling the Gentiles about the endless treasures available to them in Christ. Do we live in a world that needs to hear about the endless treasures of living in Christ? And I don't know, as Bill was talking earlier between the songs, I don't know if if whatever you were thinking of or what God laid on your heart to pray for. We need to pray. Not that evil will stop, but that Christians will rise up and spread the good news. That is our task. And evil will flee where light shines. And Jesus says, you are the light of the world. Don't look to somebody else to be the light of the world. You are the light of the world. If I had a pulpit, wood pulpit up here, you would hear that differently. (laughs) My great-grandfather was a pulpit-pounding preacher, and I never thought I would be, but thank you, Jesus. Paul says, though I am the least of all of these people, he graciously gave me the privilege of telling the Gentiles the endless treasures available to them in Christ. I was chosen to explain to everyone this mysterious plan that God, the Creator of all things, had kept secret from the beginning. And God's purpose in all this was to use the church to display God's Wisdom in its rich variety. Not just to the people who can see you and me and whom you can see, 
but to all the unseen rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. We know in our world that this is a spiritual battle going on. And God chooses to use the church to show to those spiritual forces that we cannot see that God is God. And God cannot do it without you serving the good news wherever you are. This was His eternal plan, which He carried out through Christ Jesus our Lord. And because of Christ and our faith in Him, we can now come boldly and confidently into God's very presence. And we take God's presence wherever we are. Because earlier I said, your body is the temple of God. So wherever the temple walks, there walks God. Get up, church, wherever you go, and take Christ to that situation. I'm thinking of a, I came out of Walgreens probably three years ago, maybe even four years ago, Fox Run, Walgreens. I got in my car, three girls came rushing out, three teenage girls came rushing out of Walgreens angry. And they were yelling at one girl in particular. And then a fourth girl came with a group. And they ganged up on this one girl. They started pushing her. And she pushed back. And it went from pushing to shoving. It went from shoving to grabbing. It went from grabbing to holding. It went from holding to pulling hair out of her head. And then they were all on the ground. Right in front of my car. I can't move my car because there's four teenage girls wrestling on the ground. (laughs) You know I had the police on the phone. We need some help here. I'm not going to touch this situation. I had already gotten out and said, Stop! They didn't hear me. I stood by my car watching this on my phone. Other people are gathering around. They're also on their phones. Another woman walks up and she pulls a knife out of her pocket. And I'm on the phone with the police and I said, Another woman has walked up here and she's pulled a knife out of her pocket. A what? I said a knife. <laughs> out of her pocket. We need help. The woman with the knife just walked over. She was hoping to defuse the situation. I don't know how a weapon ever diffuses the situation. It's always going to ratchet it up to the next step. Because it's just going to beg somebody else to come with a bigger knife or a bigger weapon, right? Well, she finally realized that she was not effective, so she put her knife away and walked away. And finally, the, the three girls got up off the ground. They were still fighting. They ran back into Walgreens for some reason. I don't know what for. By that time, the, 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 the person, the, the uh, dispatcher, I, was refu- I don't know. She, I don't, she was giving me a hard time. She was giving me a hard time because she wanted me to describe the girls. And she kept asking me, what do they look like? She wanted me to name their skin color. And I refused to do that. 
I said, it doesn't matter what their skin color is. It's pretty obvious that there's a fight here going on, and we need help. And that's what I said to the dispatcher. Get help here. And it was almost, I felt like she was refusing to send help until I described in detail these girls. got in my car frustrated and angry. The dispatcher was yelling at me. I said, don't yell at me. I'm the one calling for help. And the girls were inside. The situation had settled down. Somebody else was in charge of it. And I could get my car out of there. And the dispatcher wasn't cooperating with me. I hung up. Got in my car and drove away. As I was driving away, the state police car was zooming into the parking lot. I said, all right, they got it, they got it from here. God is calling us to intervene in this world. We never know how we're asked to to intervene in this world. We never know what God asks us to do. And I'm not necessarily proud of that intervention. I don't think I was particularly successful in that. I felt like I did what I could. And I left very frustrated. And certainly I was praying, oh God, stop this while we're doing this. We have good news to tell to this world. And God is, God's plan is to use the church to tell it. This word gospel, I'm, I'm disappointed with, with, this, with, with our translations. And I say this too often. You, you think, well, isn't he arrogant to say that the translators got it wrong. But what I think the translators are doing is, is they take a word and that word becomes so popular in our language and it be, be, people, people get used to hearing the same word over and over that they don't think about what that word means anymore. And gospel is one of those words. Gospel is an old English word. It's a word that we don't use very often in our English language. You don't hear, you don't hear the news uh, 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 either on the radio or on the television saying, we've got some gospel for you today. You don't hear them saying that. And when they do, it, you, you think, oh, they're going to talk religion now because the word gospel has been pushed over to mean only something religious. And that's not what the Bible message has, wants us to do. It doesn't want us to have our special language that we speak only in this place where we call church. This is a message that is given to us that is to go out from church to be understood by a person who doesn't know what the good message of Jesus is. And so the word gospel comes from the Greek that literally means good message. So I'm, re- I'm paraphrasing this when I say, and I, and I use go back to Romans 1.16, that, that Paul says, I am not ashamed of the gospel. That's what most English translations say. But we've got to hear that as, I am not ashamed of this good message of Jesus Christ. Why? Because this message is the power of God for the salvation of all people. This message is God's power in our world to transform the hearts of the people. What is that message? The message begins with this, and, and, I, and I encourage you, that in your Christian life, you, you have to find some way to communicate to other people and first to understand yourself. What about Jesus is good news to you? 
What difference does Jesus make in your life? Does He? Because if He doesn't, He's not good news to you. He's just a lawgiver. And usually, I would not call laws good news. Here's some good do's and don'ts. That's not good news. I don't like do's and don'ts. I want a relationship. I want to matter. I don't want to just check off boxes. I want to make a difference because I believe that there's something about me being here that is significant. And I matter. Yes. I matter. So the good message is God loves all people because God created all people to live in love. All people. But all people have turned away from God. Everyone has sinned. We've turned our back on God. That leaves us in a, in a dangerous place. A place that leads to death. A place that leads to, to destruction. A place that leads to life without our Creator for eternity. And you can choose that if you like. I believe that. But God sent His only Son. God created as Himself. He comes into this world in order to say to you, God loves you still. And Jesus died on the cross to pay the price for my wrongdoings. All of them. For the wrongdoings of all people. And Jesus forgives my sin. All of them. The ones I can state and the ones I'm too ashamed to state. (laughs) And you and I both have both of those things. And the Gospel says the good news is, see, I just messed it up then. (laughs) I made the mistake. I used the word Gospel. The good message is I forgive you, and I have a new life for you. And because I defeated death by rising again, I give this new life to you. Now live in me and let me live in you. I give you the power over sin and death to live life and to have the hope of everlasting life when this life is done. That's the message of Jesus. And that's what we've got to tell to others. We are called to serve. Paul calls this serving a privilege. Serving is a privilege. I know, we've all heard that phrase. You don't have to do it, you get to do it. We've overused that phrase, so when we hear that, we just roll our eyes. Yeah, yeah, I know. We've all had bosses that say, you don't get to work extra hours. No, you don't have to work extra hours. You get to work extra hours. And it's a challenge for us to, to agree to that and be excited about that. <laughs> but there is a truth in it. Just as you receive a reward for the extra hours that you work, the reward that you receive from Christ is so much greater for serving Him and serving the gospel to others. Think about tennis. In tennis, you take the ball, you throw it up, and you serve it to your opponent. We have the good news. You just toss it up and throw it out there. Let them respond to it. Let them respond to it. Serving others brings benefits in two directions. The benefit of the, the one who's receiving the service that we give 
that message of good news. And the second best, second benefit is serving brings us joy that we receive after having brought pleasure or goodness or salvation or good news to another person. God wants you to experience what it is to serve Him. I asked a few of our staff while we were in the office last week, how, what benefit do you receive from serving? Or how do you experience serving? You know, normally we think of serving as work. And, and, and when I go to a restaurant, I am grateful and I give good tips to the server who enjoys serving. And you know the difference. You know the difference. God asks us to serve whatever way we can. I want to bring Linda up here quickly. Linda was one of the one in the office this week who, who, who I asked this question, how do you experience serving others as a privilege? Grab that microphone there, please, Linda. And... Uh, She talked about a time in her life when she felt no purpose. Come stand here, right right beside me, because we we see that little camera over there, and we (laughs) we know that. Linda talked time when she felt no purpose. She described it as a time when when, of great depression. And and Linda, what was what were you experiencing that led you to that deep depression? I had a disease called RSD, which is. Reticular um, sympathetic dystrophy, and it affects the sympathetic nerve. And the sympathetic nerve is what sends the message of when you're in pain to your brain, but the sympathetic nerve goes out of whack when you have CRPS, which is also called CRPS, chronic regional pain syndrome. Um, it is a painful disease. It is a disease that all you experience is pain. You live pain, you breathe pain, you eat pain. There is no existence but the pain. You just totally are withdrawn. Um, and that led to that. Obviously, any of us who, when we experience pain, naturally we we, we got a migraine. We want to get away from people. We want to get away from the lights. Whatever we we isolate ourselves, and that's and that's where you went. She's got three children. Yes. Her son plays guitar here for us. She's got a husband who who provides for the family, and you had a job that provided for the family, and. And this absolutely ruins your life. So it's, we understand how that can send you into a deep, deep depression. But she knew that it wasn't what God wanted for her. But it, there's a nickname for, for this. It's called the suicide disease. And actually last year, 200 people committed suicide because of this disease. And it's not only adults, it's also children who yeah. attempt suicide. So it's a, a terrible, terrible condition to live with and that's that's the right word live with absolutely live with and uh but at that moment god you you these are your words she says god humbled me and showed me that i have a purpose and and talk about that a little bit and you realize something about the pain also i um actually was really really almost wanted to commit suicide God came to me and he said, Linda, if, if God could suffer, if Jesus could suffer on the cross for you, me, unimaginable pain, you can, and I'm not comparing myself to Jesus, but he said, you can get up, you can be the wife, the mother, the daughter that you should be. And um, that's what I did. And I got up and I 
tried not to complain. My parents hated to call me because that's all I could do was talk about the pain. And who wants to hear their children in chronic pain all the time? Um, and that's what I did. And it was very hard. And, it, and, and you realized as you, as you began looking outside yourself, you began... And, and, and you were still in treatment. No. You were still seeking yes. treatment for this. She wasn't ignoring the pain. Mm-hmm. She wasn't denying the pain. Mm-hmm. But she, neither was she letting that be the primary focus of her life. And, and you began to, to engage your, your children Absolutely. and your family and find ways to do that. And as you did that, God, God transformed you. He did. And you came to realize, as, as, as this scripture says, we were given the task of serving. And you, last night you talked about this pain as a gift. I did. Um, God came to me again and he said, Linda, there is no support uh, places for people with CRPS. Uh, within 100 miles of Delaware and the whole tri-state region. So he said, you need to to start a support group. And I'm like, yeah, you know, okay. And um, I finally looked at it as a gift of pain because it's, it's, pain is a personal thing. Pain is a very lonely disease. When you're in constant pain, that's all you focus on. And friends leave you. Family doesn't understand it. How can you be injured and it doesn't get better. That's what's supposed to happen. An injury is supposed to get better, whatever it is. And um, I looked at it a gift to help people who were experiencing pain. Um, and that's what it I. It takes God to make that transition. Absolutely. We cannot do that ourselves. Thank you, Linda. You're welcome. For sharing. You can put that back on the screen. Thank you. That, that, that takes courage to talk about that. God's purpose in all this, and, and, and I'm reading the scriptures again. God's purpose in all this was to use the church to display his wisdom in its rich variety to all the unseen rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. This was his eternal plan, which he carried out through Christ Jesus our Lord. And because of Christ and our faith in Him, we can now come boldly and confidently into God's presence. So let's do that. What is God asking you to do to serve others? What skills do you have? What knowledge do you have? What resources do you have? That God is asking you, I want you to use this. To show the world my wisdom and how great and wonderful my power is through Jesus Christ. Are you serving? We have some opportunities, and I know I'm, I'm, I'm going from the big idea down to the very practical idea. Next week is our car show. Most of us have the ability to invite a friend to come to the car show. Say, hey, won't you come with me? Let's have some fun. You bring them to worship too, or you, you, you go get them after worship, whatever. And we've also, you've, you've heard us talk about Family Vacation Bible School starting up both here. And, and if, you, if you heard those announcements and you had a, a, even the slightest twinge that says, I need to help that, I want you to take out that card that's in the envelope, and, and whether it's the Connect card or the Notes card, and write, I'll help with car show. We need parkers. We need people to just greet people. We need servers. And I can help. I'll be here all Sunday morning next week during the car show. 
tell me where you need me. Write that down on the card. Put it in the basket before you leave. What are you willing to do to serve our Lord? Is it Vacation Bible School? Is it coming out with us on Wednesday evenings at Ellesmere? Where we just visit in the neighborhoods. God's asking you to serve in order that the church can show all the world, including the unseen powers, how great is God's power and wisdom among us. Let's continue to worship as the team returns. And this is a time for prayer. So again, the platform area is open and people will be at the prayer stations. You can just pray. Ask God, what do you want me to do? How are you calling me to serve you? Let's stand together as we sing. you today, God. Can't go back to the beginning. Can't control what tomorrow will bring. But I know here in the middle is the place where you
God, we thank you for the power of the Holy Spirit that we have sent here today. Lord, as you are calling us to serve, Lord, the question in our minds might be, if it's a privilege to serve, am I worthy of that privilege? And the answer is, we are worthy because you have made us worthy. As the words of this song says, we are not enough unless you come. So that means that if you come, we are enough. We are enough because you are enough. So, Lord, we ask you today to help us to carry that in our spirits so that as we make decisions to step up and serve, to serve you, to serve other people, to serve in areas of ministry, that we know that you have called us because we are your children. You've made us worthy. We're going to continue to worship for a few minutes. The altar is open for prayer. Folks are at the prayer stations. If you're online, folks are still available to meet with you, to pray with you for another 15 minutes or so. God bless you. When you need to go, you can go. But we're going to continue to worship. Thank you for worshiping with us today.